Welcome to Unbound, a show where we talk about how to break free and live authentically. I'm your host and integrative healer, Crystal Lynn, and I help women to make their lives their medicine through integrative nutrition, emotional healing, and spiritual connection. If you're ready to break free of the chains that are holding you back, heal your pain, up-level your mindset, and become the best version of yourself, body, mind, and spirit, then stick around. I'm so grateful that you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am recording this on 2-22-22, so if you're listening today, happy Tuesday. Haha, <laughs> it's also Tuesday. <laughs> um, if you're not listening on that day, then I hope you're having an amazing day, regardless of what day it is. Not only is it a day full of twos, but it is also the beginning of um, National Eating Disorder Association Week, which is all about bringing awareness to eating disorders and body image issues and body dysmorphia. And as somebody who has struggled with um, anorexia, orthorexia, and binge eating slash bulimia, I felt really uh, called to just talk about it this week and um, talk about some things that have helped me heal fully from uh, my eating disorders and hopefully provide a ray of hope or encouragement to those of you who are struggling with eating disorders or disordered eating slash emotional eating. And that's the first thing that I'll say is even though um, maybe some of you may not be struggling with an eating disorder and your physical health is not in harm's way at the moment, um, if you're struggling with your relationship with food, that's disordered eating and what makes an eating disorder an eating disorder is how it affects your mind. So how much mental real estate is food taking up? How much mental real estate is your relationship with your body taking up? Is is your mind running thoughts uh, about food or about body checking or um, how you feel throughout your day? How much of your energy is being spent worrying about those things? And if it's a lot, but you have a normal, quote unquote, normal uh, eating eating habit, but you're still spending that mental real estate, then I really encourage you to dive into that and do some work around how you can improve um, your relationship with food and your relationship with your body because nobody deserves to um, have to worry about food and your body that much. It should be this effortless, beautiful relationship with uh, nourishing uh, foods to our body. And so unfortunately, we have a um a widespread most individuals don't have a healthy relationship with food or their bodies and we can thank diet and exercise culture for that partially uh we can also thank um addictive food um modified foods that have come out into the system and so i sit somewhere between intuitive eating and uh eating a whole foods um diet because it needs to be a lifestyle, but there is also something to be said about um, certain ingredients triggering your eating disorders. So I'm not going to get super into that, but just as far as where I stand on that, I sit somewhere in the middle when it comes to guiding my clients along their health journey and do our we do our best to create an 80-20 balance. And this means identifying foods that really make them feel triggered or out of control and working around this 
and um, providing space for fun foods and providing healthy alternatives for fun foods because the ultimate goal is to serve the physical and the emotional body at once, right? So um, that being said, many of you have heard my story on anorexia and um, orthorexia and I haven't really talked too much about um, binge eating or bulimia very much on the podcast. Um, and partially because it's not something that I really recognized that I did in, in those moments. Um, it took me some work to realize that I also struggled with that eating disorder. And um, when I say binge and bulimia, I was not... Um, you know, binging and, and purging in the way that we typically think, um, which is why I want to talk about it because a lot of individuals don't know that bulimia, the purge for bulimia, is any way that you can try to let go of those calories. So for many individuals, um, they self-induce vomiting or take laxatives. And um, I always thought, well, you know, because I didn't make myself sick, that's not bulimia and that's not true. Um, compulsive exercise or sweating or laxatives can also be a way of purging those calories in which I practiced all of those things, taking laxatives daily and um, using um, compulsive exercise, feeling like I had to work my food off every time I ate, and also using, um, you know, sweating, like um, utilizing saunas and detox therapies in self-abusive ways and um, I realized afterwards that that was bulimia in a different form. Um, So I have experienced um, these three eating disorders and overcome them. I'm so grateful to be on the other side of them and here to talk about it and talk about um, what has helped me along that journey to repair my relationship with food and my relationship with my body and also to encourage you that there is hope on the other side of it. If you are in a place that you're struggling with your relationship with food or your body right now, even if, again, like I said at the beginning, that you don't identify as having one of these eating disorders or having a eating disorder, but you just don't have the relationship that you'd like to have with um, your body or surrounding food. So that being said, I... Uh, obviously, being a parts integration coach, I have done a lot of parts work on myself around my eating disorder and really identifying what emotions triggered that, what feelings generated those behaviors, right? Because it's never about the food. It's always about something else. And for me, I identified that the, the um, emotion that triggered um, self-abuse through eating disorders was regret. And um, this regret showed up a lot um, after relationships for me, regretting the way that um, maybe something was handled or regretting um, a conversation and just beating myself up um, around relationships. And um, I (laughs) like hesitating because I hesitate to get vulnerable, Um, but I'm going to call myself out on that too. And Um, you know, romantically, I have done a lot of the breaking up. And so I would really, um, resent myself for hurting the other person. And I think that this tendency to, um, like leave hurt someone else before I got hurt came from a lot of hurt in childhood friendships. 
So, you know, for me, like growing up, I had a really, really, really close friend. I mean, she was like a sister and we even moved next door to them in our um, family home years uh, into the friendship. And then, you know, out of nowhere, that person was just cut out of my life completely, um, as far as I know, to no fault of my own. And um, not knowing what really happened created a lot of questions for me as a kid and a lot of self-resentment and uh, wondering and just feeling like I must have done something or I'm not good enough and created a lot of these negative mindsets and limiting beliefs that trickled in into romantic relationships for me because along friendships, uh, not only did that happen, but I had a lot of very close friends um, who would move far away. Um, some of the closest friends in my life uh, moved out of nowhere. It was just... Um, up and gone and uh, even a really close best friend of mine lives states away um, so you know all this kind of trickled into my romantic approach to relationships um, in just feeling like okay well I've I've got to be the one to leave because I don't think I can handle one more person walking away from me walking out on me um, and even though that, that has not happened in romantic relationships, it happened plenty of times in friendships. So um, seeing that, you know, I could see the pattern of, okay, things are getting rocky. I've got to dip because I don't think I could take it if this person dips on me. And then what would happen um, months later, because I have a tendency to disassociate from uh, trauma or pain, which we all, right, we all do that a little bit. We all have stuffed something. But um, in my emotional healing journey, really, really <laughs> like a delayed reaction uh, would happen to traumas, even um, to like deaths in the family. I would not grieve them until, um, I mean, my grandmother's death, I grieved like or seven years later like <laughs> it was it's very delayed so months after this um these breakups that was uh my, my first bout with um an eating disorder was after my first long-term relationship and i've talked about that a little bit on my podcast about um you know my journey with eating disorders and so i'm not going to repeat on that but the, the way that that started really was, um, you know, a little bit of emotional eating and then that emotional eating turned into a little bit of weight gain into about 10 pounds of weight gain and eight to 10 pounds. And then it was like, okay, well now I've got to restrict, right? Because it's a cycle. It's always the binge restrict cycle. And so, um, you know, and it really did start before that. It always starts with restriction, right? So the restriction was in my brain, oh my gosh, I have to maintain the body that I just, I just achieved by dancing 34 hours a week as a dance major. So that was the restricted part of my brain that was like, you better keep this up. And that led me to um, act in self-abuse out of regret for the way that I hurt this person um, because this person was not able to um, pursue his passion. And I, I was, and I felt undeserving of that. And I felt it was unfair and I resented myself for hurting him by getting to do what I loved. And that is not a healthy relationship. That's very toxic. And while I did the right thing by walking away, I carried a lot of that resentment that 
just by being in his life, I was hurting him at that point. And so we knew we needed to um, walk away and it was pretty mutual, but that regret and that resentment towards myself for hurting him by getting to pursue my passion in college was really, really hard. And that turned into, you know, struggling with uh, anorexia and orthorexia, anorexia, um, we are probably most familiar in the eating disorder world with anorexia, but um, orthorexia is the obsession of healthy eating, quality of food, the ingredients, and all of those things. And so, um, you know, part of it was I had some health concerns that were developing and I needed to be um, vigilant about what I put in my mouth because at that point I, I was struggling a little bit. I had taken gluten out of my diet and was... Uh, playing around with being dairy-free too. So, I mean, the eating sort of just took that to a whole new extreme. And um, it was really, really difficult for me to find my way out of that until I got help. And um, obviously that led into some some health issues, like I talked about on my um, eating disorder story of just giving myself full food freedom after being gluten-free, dairy-free, gluten-free for years because of polycystic ovarian syndrome and then, you know, dairy-free um, and and trying to just improve my health and optimize my health. So, um, you know, that led me obviously to just completely <laughs> destroying my gut um, and ending up in the hospital and, you know, getting the diagnosis of celiac and Hashimoto's. And as those years went on, um, I battled chronic illness for three years before I got a proper diagnosis. And really this was four years of like physical and mental struggle because the, the eating disorder kicked, (laughs) kicked off the party, so to speak. But the chronic illness living with that, um, it creates this really big disconnect between the mind and the body. So, um, I was, navigating that. And after treatment, after treatment and doctor after doctor, um, I really started to resent my body for not, um, so I thought for not like responding to the treatment and, um, over the course of that, because I have, uh, Hashimoto's pretty, pretty severely. My thyroid's very slow moving. I had gained, um, 40 pounds from the time that I was Uh, struggling with my eating disorder to the time where I was like, oh my gosh, this needs to, this needs to stop, which was last January, January of 2021. So, um, at that point I weighed the most that I've ever weighed. I was the most depressed that I've ever been and, um, really just hated my body, (laughs) really hated my body on multiple levels, hated the way that it looked, hated the way that it felt, hated the way that it didn't seem to respond to treatment. And I was on my, um, fifth doctor at that point (laughs) after spending thousands of dollars on medical treatment and functional medicine care. And as per, (laughs) as per Christy usual had delayed my reaction to a breakup that had happened, um, in June of 2020. So at that point, here was the cycle again of, um, overindulgence and overeating and this time was definitely like stepping on the line of binge eating like stepping on it (laughs) so um you know that was really really difficult that was a difficult time and I regretted the way that I had handled that relationship it was really a traumatic 
um, experience, even though we both were on good terms with each other. We just had made lots of future plans and um, I thought this person was the one. So there was a lot of resentment towards myself and regret and sadness and pain and anger um, towards myself, towards God, towards the situation. And um, it was just a really low place. And having chronic illness on top of that does not, does not help. (laughs) So um, as my health got worse and worse, my eating disorder um, got worse and worse, my, my binge eating or disordered eating patterns. And um, it got even more difficult because I was not in, as my health declined, in a, in a good space to do my usual, let me go work it out work it off, you know, let me go work out or let me go take, you know, an extra walk or let me, you know, sweat it out. Right. And so I really felt like I was trapped in my body and I felt compulsive in the, in the aspect where, okay, well, I'm going to have to take laxatives to make up for this. I'm going to have to, um, you know, do a workout, even though my body feels like literal garbage because of un- unknowing Lyme disease, um, that was not diagnosed at the time. And, um, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I, I must just be lazy. I'm so tired all the time. I, I why don't I have the uh, motivation that I used to? I don't have the strength that I'm, that I used to have. And it was really, really hard. And I, I was so angry that I felt like I lost everything that I had put my identity in, which was a big problem. <laughs> that was a big wake up call of like, oh wow, I put my identity in being this person's girlfriend. And I put my identity in being this um, you know, really like fit, um, small, active dancer. And now I don't even know what to do with myself. Like I am 40 pounds overweight and over my healthy weight. And it was just horrible. (laughs) It was a horrible time because I felt like I couldn't do anything about it. And even at that point, my thyroid disease has gotten so bad, even when I would practice balance eating it was to no avail as far as where my body was at weight wise and so in in that regard it's like at that point we'll just toss hands like food's the only comfort that I have because I feel like garbage all the time I never want to get out of my bed in the morning and I have headaches all the time heart palpitations Um, I feel exhausted I have these awful migraine headaches and jaw pain and all these different things and then neurological symptoms. I was having auditory hallucinations. I couldn't sleep. All these things that led me up to the diagnosis of Lyme disease. And when I found out I had Lyme disease, it was like, oh my gosh, my body is so strong. It's working for me. And I I was so appreciative because I realized that because of the practices that I do, because of the mindset work that I do, and because of how strong my body is, I didn't end up in a wheelchair like many people who arrived at the clinic that I went to. And I didn't end up not being able to, um, you know, do some yoga or some stretching every day. I didn't end up bedridden. And so I had this deep appreciation for my body because I thought to myself, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Like your depression or your, uh, you know, like low mood or your laziness is not what's causing you to struggle to get up the stairs to your apartment. It is Lyme disease and there was a reason for it. And that really set me free to start just healing my relationship with my food because I knew and with my body, because I knew that these, this wasn't my fault anymore. Like this 
was out of my hands and I needed to find somebody to help walk me through the healing process of these things. And um, that was so freeing for me. And I am just so, so forever grateful for um, the talented clinicians that came alongside of me and helped me in that process. So once I got diagnosed with Lyme disease, I really started working on myself in in that way of just like, how can I heal my relationship with myself? And I started just thanking my body for how strong it was. I'm getting like chills and goosebumps talking about this because I used to compulsively body check every time I would use the bathroom, I would pinch my stomach or um, pinch my arms in the mirror or um, just hate my my breasts that they I, I got boobs back imagine that hating that you got boobs back right so <laughs> when I went to college and I lost all that weight I lost my boobs too and hating that my boobs were back and and hating how big my butt was and just all these things and body checking and shaming myself every time I would get a glimpse of myself in the mirror and it was just such a place of entrapment and it was horrible So knowing how strong my body was and what it was going through on top of me shaming it, (laughs) I realized how much I was um, stalling my healing and how strong my body was to even take the cruel things I was saying to it and the cruel ways I felt about it. It was really eye-opening. Again, I'm like getting goosebumps because my my body, like how strong, how much it must love me to <laughs> stick around and tough it out through all those things. So I realized I have to start loving my body back that my body's not unreceptive to treatment or my body's not unreceptive to the nutrition I'm giving it. It is literally ba- battling this stealth pathogen of Lyme disease and all of the other things that Lyme cause, like gallbladder issues and thyroid issues and neurological issues, and that I was feeling these things for a reason, and so many people don't know that Lyme has been attached or shown to contribute to eating disorders because of the neurological damage that it does. So it can cause, um, you know, anorexia, it can cause other mental health issues like OCD and schizophrenia and depression, and so I realized There was a rhyme and reason for all of this, and I needed to stop being so hard on myself, and I also needed to let go of wishing that I could go back and be in a healthy body, and to be completely transparent with you, that's something I'm still working on, to not wish that I could go back, because it has been really hard, and it is still a really hard journey. However, this journey mended my relationship with my body, and for that, I am so grateful. It also mended my relationship with food because food started to become, okay, this, if I can feel good, that's that's the only thing that matters to me. If I can feel good, then I'm happy and I'm grateful for the food on my plate, and that's not going to be everybody's journey. It took me a long time to get there um, and come to find out Um, that there were also some uh, nice little gut bugs, some nice little parasites causing uh, issues with my hunger signals. So um, after going through a healing journey with Lyme disease, and I'm still on the healing journey, but getting uh, a good bit of of healing underway, um, I felt my hunger signals come back. I felt my my fullness cues like showing up and food is now a whole different experience for me um, after going through this treatment. And I'm so grateful for that. 
But, you know, not only was it the physical things that really contributed to my unhealthy relationship with food and my body, but also the mental things of just not giving myself enough grace, not appreciating the ways that my body showed up for me. It allowed me to get out of my bed in the morning. It allowed me to go on walks. It allowed me to live by myself and be brave and do a new thing and run my business and teach dance and all these different things that I was just powering through and shaming myself that I felt like I wasn't doing a good enough job when in reality I was doing like an amazing job for what was going on in my body right like I've had Lyme disease for 24 years that's insane and you know having having known that and been through all of these things now I just have this deep appreciation for my body and so the reason I share that is there's something in your life if you're struggling with your relationship with your body there's something in your life that will remind you how amazing your body is how capable it is of so many things no matter what you're going through and no matter what size you're at no matter what you want to change about your body your body is still here for you even when you decide that you are going to give in to the shaming even when you tell it that it it's ugly or it you're fat or you should go do an extra workout because you don't deserve to eat dinner, right? Like you need to acknowledge that your body is still there for you. And that is amazing. That's an amazing feat. How much your body must love you to still show up amongst all of these hurtful things, hurtful messages that it is receiving from you or for some, from somebody else and especially from social media. So guard your hearts. Remember to unfollow anybody who doesn't lift you up or that triggers you or makes you feel um, that comparison monster come into play. Make sure that you guard your heart from those um, people that you follow, even if they are close friends. Unfollow. Um, which has also been a big part of my journey as well. Just unfollowing anybody who doesn't lift me up or makes me feel triggered or annoyed or less than. You've got to just unfollow. <clears throat> and also ask yourself why. Why? Is that is that your projection or is that <clears throat> genuinely not lifting you up? If it's your projection, maybe keep them around and you've got to work through that. If it's just they're just not an authentic person and not contributing to your healing journey, then just unfollow. It's as simple as that or mute their feed. So this whole journey has brought me to a place of really loving and appreciating my body in a time where I had to let go of a lot of things. I had to let go of a lot of um, foods due to food sensitivities from Lyme disease. I had to let go of working out because the only thing I could do was walk and um, I ended up mending deeply my relationship with food, with my body, and with um, my uh, obsession with working my food off and thinking about food all the time because I sent messages to my body letting my body know that I chose to partner with it instead of fighting against it and resenting it more, right? So this regret from either past relationships or resentment to my illness that turned into resentment to my body, right? Because we we often deflect anger or resentment onto the things that we can see. And so what I could see was the physical manifestation of Lyme disease in my body. And so instead of resenting Lyme, I started resenting my body for not, why aren't you doing a better job of you know, dealing with the chronic illness, right? And of course, at the time, I didn't know that it was Lyme. Um, and so without the knowing as well, I, there was no other place to 
direct that resentment other than my body because I didn't know what was causing the problem. So that led me to really pursuing many things that helped mend my relationship with my body and with food. And, um, you know, that's what I want to talk about with you now. Um, obviously, parts work has been such a huge part of my journey. And that came before everything else. That really helped me to understand the anorexia and the orthorexia season and the binge eating parts work. Once I got into that, I really dug into what was the root of that. And that's where regret and resentment came up and anger and basically turned all those emotions into self-abuse. And so when I was able to clear myself of the need to um, punish myself for something that wasn't even my fault, that really helped me to see, okay, when I feel triggered to emotionally eat or to restrict food, this is actually a an expression of regret or resentment. And I need to get into the bottom of that and not not self-abuse, but actually self-love and ask myself why. Um, so obviously parts work, huge part of that, because without parts work, I wouldn't have known what part of me was causing this. I wouldn't have known that the regret part of me was causing the eating disordered behavior. And um, once I was able to do that, I obviously got a lot of freedom and a lot of insight into how to help myself because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know how to help ourselves if we don't know what's causing the problem, just like Lyme disease for me, same thing with this parts work. I didn't know what was causing the eating disorder, so how would I know how to stop it, right? Um, So parts work and then affirmations that reminded my body that I was partnering with it and that I believed in it. So I started shifting my self-talk and I started writing down these three affirmations. I wrote down, my body is working for me. My body was designed to heal and my body is letting go of all that does not serve my greatest and highest good. And I wrote those down every day and read them out loud and just put my hands on my body and and loved myself. Like just really, you know, put my hands in the places that I had been pinching out of self-hate for so long on my stomach. And I started like loving my boobs again and loving my figure and looking at myself in the mirror and acknowledging that I have a beautiful feminine figure that I love. And um, that is not because of weight loss. That is because of a choice to love my body where it's at and acknowledge all of the things that it's done for me along this journey. And your body has done numerous things for you. If you don't have a chronic illness story, you have, an, you have your own story. But it doesn't mean that you can't find those same um, awe-inspiring realizations about what your body has done for you. The simple fact that your body has endured whatever emotion is underlying your disordered eating or eating disorder patterns and that your body has endured and shown up for you and um, done exactly what you have asked of it along your self-talk journey that goes along with body shaming and eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Your body has endured so much. It's working for you. You are not alone. And by acknowledging what your body has done for you, it puts you in a place of power to partner with it and to stop resisting it, but to love it. And I promise you, when your body knows that you are for it, Because your body's for you. It's waiting for you to join the team. So if you're ready to join the team, your body then has an easier time. You don't have so much pressure on yourself. And guess what? Your intended outcome will simply come to pass, right? So when I was able to let go and I started to really heal, 
I stopped working out. I didn't do any of those things. I have lost 20 of the 40 pounds that I have gained with chronic illness. And is my body where it was before that? No, (laughs) but I think I have the best relationship with my body than I ever have, right? Like I can now look back on old things and I can look back on current pictures and of myself where when I used to look back on pictures, I would pick myself apart in the present moment and really feel so sad, which would push me deeper in disordered eating behaviors because I just wanted that body back. And now I look at myself then and I look at myself now and I look at all the other things that have grown in that season and I see myself and I see my body and how beautiful it is and how strong it is and it has let go half of the weight that it has accumulated because of chronic illness and because of binge eating disorder and I don't need to try anymore. I don't need to obsess over working out or um, purge through compulsive exercise and laxatives and sweating and all of these things. I can just enjoy food and enjoy my body and um, dress my body the way that I feel confident in. And can I just share one of the most helpful things that I have done along this journey? (laughs) And it's so simple. Buy bigger clothes. If your body has changed, buy the size that accommodates your body. Your body is going to feel more comfortable in clothes that fit you. Your mind is going to feel more confident because your clothes fit you. And if you could just let go of the attachment to the size, to the label, then you will feel so much more empowered in the skin that you're in. And you won't be comparing yourself in clothes that you used to wear when you were maybe a smaller size. And that could even go the other way around, right? Like for those of you who have lost weight and, you know, buy clothes that fit you, buy clothes that fit your new body. Um, This is just, you know, this is just kind of a, a side note that I just, I didn't really plan on sharing, but that's been a huge part of my healing journey. Just buy bigger clothes. Okay. Um, so aside from those, those things, parts work, affirmations, buying bigger clothes, um, there has been a little just somatic experiential that I have done myself and I guide my clients through that really helps to reconnect, right? Cause disordered eating, body dysmorphia, those issues, it's a disconnect between the body and the mind. And so using this somatic experiential of, okay, where do I feel this discomfort in my body around food, around my body and where is that sitting and acknowledging where that is, what it feels like, asking that part to come outside of you so that you can visualize it and then asking this part, what does it want? What does it need from you, right? And then once you can acknowledge what it is and maybe that part says, I need connection and so, okay, I'm going to provide you connection. It's not going to be through food this time. I'm going to connect with myself or a friend or to God or to a mentor. I'm going to give you connection, right? And then you can ask yourself, what does my body really want? What does my body really want right now as far as my food, right? And so let's say your body wants roasted sweet potatoes and a piece of salmon. Or let's say your body wants a bowl of mixed fruit. Okay. Something, something, your body wants something. Okay. How does that, how would that make me feel if I ate that food? Right. How would that make me feel? Does it make me feel energized, empowered, strong, or does it make me feel, um, weak? Does it make me feel guilty? How does it make me feel? And start to identify what foods make you feel what way so that you can track your, um, emotion, emotional attachments to your food. 
And then am I meeting my physical and emotional needs? That is the final question to ask yourself. Am I meeting both needs? Because in a ideal meal, you would be meeting your physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. So you'll be eating mindfully at the table. You'll be having something that tastes really good and that makes your your physical body feel really good. So remember to ask yourself those questions. What does my body want? How would that make me feel? And am I meeting my physical and emotional needs? As well as finally, practicing mindful eating has been a huge, huge journey because if you are somebody who eats really quickly, Um, And that sort of contributes to your tendency to binge because your uh, emotional state doesn't really feel like it's enjoyed food. That's very common. Sit and enjoy your food and know that there's always more there. If you're still hungry at the end, if you have, um, you know, prayed over your food, you smell your food, you taste your food, chew it slowly and mindfully and enjoy and really take this in as a nourishing, nourishing experience, your body is going to tell you. You can trust it. Your body's going to tell you when it is full and when it needs more and give yourself the permission to trust yourself. And that's the final thing that I will say. Disordered eating, body dysmorphia, all of those things, this all comes down to self-trust and trusting yourself that you know how to handle these things. You can do it, right? And you can reconnect. You can take your power back, reconnect with your body and your mind, love yourself unconditionally and heal your relationship with food in your body. If you are interested in taking a deeper dive into parts work and somatic uh, experiential to help heal your relationship with food or your body, I would be more than happy to talk with you and jump on a connection call and um, come alongside of you and support you in your journey in that way. Of course, if you are in a dangerous situation, I highly recommend finding a therapist that you can work with, that you trust, that specializes in eating disorders and um, you know, taking care of it in that way. Make sure that you're out of the danger zone and then do some work. Um, so that being said, feel free to DM me. Remember to share this podcast on Instagram. The link to book a connection call with me is below in my calendar and it is also in my Instagram bio. I hope that you all have an amazing week. Happy two, 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 to those of you who are <laughs> into all of the twos. And I will see you on the next episode. Hey you, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you heard, remember to take a screenshot and share it on IG and tag me at Soma Sonder. Leave a like and a review. It helps the show grow tremendously and builds our community. As always, the DMs are open and I'd love to connect and have a deeper conversation with you. Until next time, go live boundless, babe.